Hello, everyone. This is TJ from Own the Moment. In this podcast, we had a very engaging and in-depth conversation with Steve, a.k.a. Veerman, who is the creator of the website intangible.market. That said, we did do a lot of screen sharing in this episode. So if you're listening to the audio version, we highly recommend you check out our YouTube channel, Own the Moment NBA Top Shot, in order to get the best experience. Steve was a fantastic guest and had a lot of really insightful bits of information to share. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lacey, and I am your host here at OTM. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a great show for you planned tonight. We have a very special guest that we will get to in just a minute. We also have a second guest, as you'll see on the screen. Apologies for Neil for him being overshadowed a bit by our special guest, but hey, it is what it is. First things first, I will introduce, as always, my co-host. This is the man that nailed pretty much every prediction possible with the Cool Cats Challenge and took a free base pack off of me in a side bet in the process. Mr. Justin Herzig. Justin, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing well. TJ, I don't think you've gifted those yet. This is just the biggest show ever. You're just putting on for the show. I see how this goes. Nah, it is, it's right. going well. Right. It is fantastic. TJ, we are now the third and fourth smartest people on our own pod. So uh, I think that's a good accomplishment there. I think, I think that is when you've made it. Okay, we are going to introduce our second guest here. This is a man that you may notice has the same last name as me because he is my younger brother. This is a guy that has been behind the scenes, grinding the data, helping pull together a lot of the cool views that we are showing you on Twitter, a man whose wife is maybe a little bit upset with me because I'm working him a little hard right now, but my brother, Neil. Neil, how's it going tonight? It's good. Thanks for having me on. Good to be on the camera. Yes, yes. Excited to have you, but the people are here for the main event. And here we have a man with one of the most impressive collections in Top Shot with over 10,000 digital moments, a man who's been involved in CryptoKitties since 2017, and of course, the creator of the intangible.market website. We have one of the true legends of the Top Shot industry. Introducing to you guys, Steve, AKA at Veerman. Steve, how are you tonight? Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Very cool. All right, let me set the stage here briefly and then we will jump right in and get talking to Steve. So first and foremost, if everyone can go ahead, Hit that subscribe button if you're watching the show and enjoying the show. We do appreciate that. Hit the thumbs up, leave a review, a comment, all of that good stuff. And you can follow us on Twitter at OwnTheMomentNFT. We appreciate all the support so far. And spoiler alert, at the end of the show, we teased on Monday a bit about an Own the Moment Discord. And we will have more information for you. those folks that are still with us at the end of the show. It's worth sticking around for. And today we are going to, to jump into a couple different things with Steve. So first, we're just going to get into how he got started with Top Shot, what it was like in the early days, how he got started with Intangible.Market. And then we're going to really do a deep dive 
into the site. We've got Neil on the show to ask some questions about everything that's going on behind the scenes with that. And then, of course, we received a number of awesome questions from the listeners. We'll get to some of those. And then last, but certainly not least, we have our giveaway where Justin will be opening a pack live on stream and then gifting all of the moments to the winner subsequently. All right. You guys did not tune in to hear me talk, but hey, I've got to do what I got to do. Now we can kick it over to the man of the hour, Mr. Steve. So I think where I'd like to just kind of start from the beginning, right? Where, how did you first find out about Top Shot? When did you first start to get involved? And, you know, what really attracted you to this product and this entire world to begin with? Yeah, great question. So I got involved in um, 2017 at the East Waterloo Hackathon. I, I met the Crypto Kitties team there. They were an, uh, uh, a fellow competitor. They were competing with Crypto Kitties, and they, you know, they they beat me clearly, and uh, they won, and and they they had a great success after that. And um, what I did was I kind of I stayed in touch with what Dapper was working on, mm-hmm. and and that happened to be Top Shot, right? So uh, when they first announced Top Shot. I want to say I was one of the first to sign up for the mailing list. Um, and so I waited quite a while and then I was finally let in in, uh, in August. Very cool. Very cool. And then I know a little bit about how you, you came into this intangible dot market idea. My understanding is that it was first meant to just be for, for yourself and your own personal use. So can you talk a little bit about that idea? how you start to share with others and, and did you ever think that it would become as widely used as it is today? So I'll answer the first question. No, I didn't think so. Um, yeah. So it started as, as a resource for myself. Basically I was trying to uh, uh, centralize my understanding of how the thing worked. Right. And so even identifying things like, uh, well, I started with a Google document and I went through and I, I went through a discord and found uh, mentions that Alan, uh, would would occasionally kind of uh, talk about it. like let me let me rephrase that he would Alan would occasionally mention how the game would work right so we'd mention rules of of how how many things would be minted in what set so I basically wanted to compile a document that had all of these rules to the game and as I was doing that I decided well it would be interesting to kind of collect insights on sales data and then maybe show that. Uh, in terms of um, like uh, you know what what sets are selling more than others, et cetera, and so it kind of was just this organic thing. And yes, it, it started for myself, but then I quickly realized that it made much more sense for me to uh, release this publicly because I'm sure many other users were were just as confused as I was, and they needed help understanding what was going on. So it just became this community resource that I've been building over the months. And Steve, what's your background then? Because obviously. You've got to have some form of technical chops to really build out this site. You were involved in that kind of crypto hackathon back in 2017. We know Canada has such a strong crypto engineer um, kind of, I don't know, um, community. Um, so, Kinder, like, how did you get into this? What is your background that kind of allows you to go say, hey, I'm just going to go build out this site that is extremely valuable, really interesting, and ties in data that most people have no idea how to play with? Right, it's a good question. So I'm a software engineer, and I like to tinker with things as well. Um, and I'm also like huge into the MBA. So all these things are just like the perfect storm of, of, of what I like. Um, 
but I, I'm from I'm from uh, where I live in Kitchener, which is next to Waterloo, Ontario, and home of the University of Waterloo, which is the MIT of Canada. Uh, and so, actually, Ethereum was was kind of uh, maybe in some ways birthed there as well. I know Vitalik uh, attended University of Waterloo, and as I mentioned earlier, that hackathon I went to was a University of Waterloo kind of event. So it's all connected to that. Um, University of Waterloo, home to some of the best engineers, software engineers in the world. So it all connects that way. So the long, the short answer is I'm a, I'm a huge uh, software nerd and I'm, I live near Waterloo. And I think you said, I mean, you, you don't have to go into this, but you said you still have a day job. Are the plans to continue with the day job corporate route? Or is this something like, hey, you want to eventually build something out of this, take, make this a bit more of your kind of uh, career aspiration focus? That's a good question. I think right now the answer is do all the things. Uh, so I, I like my day job. I, I actually run uh, a startup, which is completely unrelated to anything crypto, anything like this at all. So uh, that requires almost all my time right now. So trying to find additional time to build intangible has been a challenge for me. But I do enjoy it. It's a hobby for me. So I, I, I like that part of it. Very cool. And then in those early days, were, were you like the first tool of this nature that came out? I know Crypto Slam's a popular thing right now. Was that around at the time? What, what did the, the landscape look like in terms of, of tools? Because there's, there's still not a ton out there today. So there's probably even less information back at the end of 2020. Yeah, absolutely. I think you basically just said it was Crypto Slam. They they were the only ones, um, and I mean they still had issues at the time. They were new, and and basically I looked at Crypto Slam and I said this is this is amazing. I want to do what they're doing, and I want to just do things they aren't doing as well, right? Um, so the things like grouping by sets, um, more additional uh, information on challenges, um, things like that that weren't being that weren't being done by Crypto Slam because Crypto Slam. I guess they have like this approach where, and I like their approach, but it's it's they're trying to make it work for multiple NFTs at once. The problem with that is they're not specializing in any one of them. And so um, for myself, I said, well, I, I like Topshot a lot. I just want to focus on Topshot. I don't really care about anything else. I'm sure there's some great NFT projects out there. I'm just not really interested at this point. I just want to focus all my attention on Topshot. So that's kind of how that worked out. But early on, it was just Crypto Slam. And then um, there was another site that was published by a uh, Topshot dev. Um, it, it's now uh, topshotexplorer.com, but that's, uh, that's released by one of the, the Topshot dev, dev team members from what I understand. Um, and yeah, I think there I see a couple now kind of coming up, um, which is great to see. Like, I think this, this isn't a zero sum game. If someone can do what I'm doing better, that's great for everyone, right? The bottom line, this is, I'm just a community resource and if someone can do what I'm doing better, go for it. But I think that what I'm doing um, now and what I'm working on in the future will be really interesting. And I, I hope to provide um, even more value to everyone. I like it. Um, our friends over at Club Top Shot like to play a game where when a guest comes on and they have a very valuable moment, let's say they're one of the LeBron cosmic ones, they throw out a number and would you sell it? I'm going to put a twist on that. I'm going to throw out a number and you tell me, would you sell intangible for that amount? Okay. 100,000. No. 500,000. No. Are we even in the ballpark? No. And is that because you just see it more as this is a pet project that you want to grow? Or is this because you see, hey, there is actually a huge opportunity here 
from a top shot, from a market, from a business content side, what's your kind of uh, excitement there? Oh, the first one. <laughs> it's, it's mine. I own it. I want to do what I want with it. And it's, it's a hobby for me. And it gets me excited to build for the community. And uh, um, yeah, not, not everything's about money. A lot of things are about money, but not everything is. Love that. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's, uh, Neil, if you want to go ahead and, and share your screen, I think it would be great to do a little bit of a, of a deep dive for the people here. So for those that are not familiar, potentially, with the website, we can bring it up for you, show you everything that it has to offer. And I think, you know, we're just going to have Neil ask you some questions as we go through it that I'm sure yeah. a lot of the listeners may have the same questions. Sure. Do it and to, get, to give a sneak peek here, um, actually, Veerman has given us a sneak peek into what is in development and what will hopefully be available to everyone else. So uh, you'll see Neil actually has the ability to click on some of these links that to the public are not currently active. They're still in kind of the development mode. Um, but as Steve told us, hope that in the near future um, when he's not, you know, grinding off the actual startup life can uh, put some time in and put these tools out available for all of us, for all of us. Yeah. So a little beta version we got here. And I, I am curious, was there any sort of collaboration with Crypto Slam um, in the early days? Did no, you? No, no, not at all. No, this was I, all I think everyone worked in their own silos. Even me just okay. trying to dig up information on how uh, Top Shot worked. It was like, just, I had no, no one, no one had anything. So I just, it was all just a bunch of learning as I went. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So if I'm a new user coming out the intangible.market, um, let's go through the tools. Let me know what, what are the best things for me to check out as a new user? So as a new user, I, I, I thought the price guide was the most important. It used to be the homepage, um, but the way I wrote my SQL queries and I, I wasn't using caching, it basically it just, it wasn't scaling well for the amount of traffic I was getting. And that's kind of one of the things I'm re rewriting right now. Um, Okay, was it the sets price guide here? Yeah, the price guide. That's basically was my take on Beckett. Um, you know, being a being a, a longtime cardboard collector, I just wanted to do what Beckett was doing, but like with live prices, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that was kind of my inspiration for building that. Uh, let's see. I, I clicked on it. Looks like it's taking a bit yeah, of time here. This is this is what I'm saying. So it probably takes uh, five or ten seconds to load. There we go. Okay. There you go. All right. Awesome. So we can see total transactions, total sales. And are these just total NBA top shot market? Yeah, this is statistics? this is this is just uh, a cumulative since the very beginning uh, only NBA top shot. Wow. Okay. And at what point did you create this intangible dot market? How how soon after the inception of the top shot was your your website live and running? Uh, well, personally, I had it within the week. Uh, okay. But uh, well, because here's here's the fundamental problem that I I ran into was. Uh, I got hooked on Top Shot immediately. I'm like, this thing is amazing. And I want to collect more moments. And I was collecting more moments. I was over maybe 100. And um, managing my collection became painful. So the, the first thing I wrote was a better tool to manage my collection, which I don't even have on the website right now for you guys to look at. But um, that was the first thing I wrote. And I wrote that within a week because it was out of necessity. I needed to be able to figure out what I had. And the, the NBA Top Shot, Top Shot app, it, it does a good job, kind of, but then it's hard to find specific serials, et cetera. So I, I needed to write a better version of that. Awesome. And are you pulling this data directly from the blockchain or do you have some of the, nice, okay. I do all the things. Awesome. Yeah. 
Can we just pause there? I do all the things. That's that's why the people come here. This is a one man show. Putting the site out there in a week. In a week that right now, tens of thousands of people are probably using. And the only reason it's not more is because there's not that many, not not that much for now in the top chat community. Amazing. I do all things. Do you have the numbers on how many daily people are, are visiting your site or anything like that? Um, not, or, and if, if I, yeah, I've got rough, rough numbers. Um, but like the short answer is I haven't been doing a lot of tracking or anything. All that's been uh, unimportant to me as for the reasons I mentioned earlier, it just, the important part to me was delivering the features, not like tracking, like how, how can I sell ads to people? I don't really care. So um, it's just, it's just been about getting it working. Um, but I do have some rough numbers because I just do some basic logging on, on, uh, just the, the most minimal amount of logging. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 um, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, Hey, I, I think the, the way you're coming off right now and the fact that you're not in this for the money or for the glory or anything is a reason that I don't care how many competitors try and come in and do what you're doing. People are, are going to be loyal to you. I well, think so, no doubt about so here's, that. here's the thing is my, my, my approach has been um, like my investment is in top shot, right? Like I own moments. I love my moments. So if those do well, everyone does well. Right. And um, so any tool that helps with that just helps everybody. And, and that's kind of what, what my, uh, my approach with my website is as well. I don't need to make money from this because as long as my top shot collection is doing okay, then I'm good to go. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. I'm a firm believer. I mean, at this stage, there really aren't any competitors in this industry. All of us are, you know, there's never been a better example of rising tide rises all boats, all ships, because at the end of the day, we're all just so invested from an early adopter standpoint from our time, from our moments, from our energy, whatever it is that the level of growth that this entire space has from a, actual moments in the marketplace from a tools that are available from a just, Hey, you know, community and us talking to you all. I think all of that, um, it's, uh, you know, working together is better. And there's just no question. I gotta say this page is pretty awesome. See, being able to see the total sales and everything by set, that's pretty remarkable. So if you sort, if you click on the current market low column, you'll see, uh, like the most expensive sets. That's the, that's the price. If you were to buy every moment in the set at the market low, that's wow. Okay. So hollow MMX is going for over a million spicy with, with, okay. 16 there. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So this is definitely a good first stop for a, a new user. Um, going back and actually, if, if you clicked on any one of those, you could see like the, the moments within that set, right? Oh, my apologies. Let me go back to that. So it just that. keeps breaking it down even further. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. While it's loading, while he's looking, I know you were talking about like from a numbers in the site, you know, you kind of keep an eye on more from curiosity. Do you see like, hey, because obviously account valuation is the one that's, you know, working right now, which names are like searched the most in there? Is that uh, something you easily can see? Um, I can easily see it. I don't really have that handy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just curious, I, like if, it, if there's any like I mean, pranks people, at the top or something. Yeah, some people check more often than others. Uh, <laughs> that's been fun to watch, actually. What's it, what's been interesting to, to me is when I uh, there've been a, a handful of times where I've had to make like a a, a bug fix or something. It's been under maintenance, and so I, I put it under maintenance, and then I don't tell anyone that I'm like putting it or that it's fixed, right, or that it's back online, and then how quickly everyone quickly like finds out that it's back online. Like 
it's it's blown my mind um, how quick people uh, kind of find that out. And just yeah. to answer Verena's question in the chat, is it normal says undergoing maintenance? That that is the case right now. What we are looking at is a is basically a, a behind the scenes beta version that Steve was nice enough to allow us to use for the show. So this will be coming at some point, but yes, if you try to view this page on your own, you will not be able to see it at the moment. Yeah, basically I had this running and then there were too many people visiting the site. So I had to take parts of it down, but it, all, it is all coming back up. So just, uh, I guess, check check back often. Did, um, you ever, did you ever see any bots trying to scrape the data off your site or? Um, um, no, but you know what? I know they are. And I don't really care if they want right. to. Again, it goes back to my, if they want to make a better version of my tool, go nuts. But yeah. I don't like, it's, they have to, it's it's hard to do that because you have to constantly stay um, like a feature parity with what I'm doing, right? And then go faster. So like, that's like any startup, right? Um, but yeah, if they, if they think they can do a better job, go for it. And I guess I was more asking you, hopefully that's not what breaks your site just from the nonstop pings and volume that in. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually plan to have like a, dedica a dedicated API section so okay. any developer can freely build on it. Um, so that should help me as well. Because okay. yeah, Neil, I know that with you, you've been talking about trying to like get some of this data and you know some of the APIs just aren't as easily accessible. And then sometimes the data is just fluid. And as you were saying, you know, Steve, when features change, you've got to figure out and make sure that your data aligns and you know, clean APIs if you're open are obviously helpful for everyone. Yep. Yeah, out of curiosity, Steve, um, what was the most difficult pieces of data for you to extract or just understand from the blockchain? Oh, I don't even know. There have been so many different parts along the way that I, that's a good question though. Uh, I don't know, I might have to come back to that question. Yeah. I mean, drawing on that, like, how long did it take you to feel comfortable with just even the like nomenclature, like the naming stuff that um, you know Dapper Labs uses? Because yeah, going, for, yeah, I'll stop there. No, that's a really good question. I didn't know because I had no documentation, right? So I'm trying right. to basically reverse engineer what they've done with, and but also do it in a way that I'm not going to break my future future code and and. It, that's a headache to reverse engineer anything is it's not easy it's much easier to do it if you have documentation because at least you know like okay a, you know a, a set has has plays in a set you know like the same player can appear multiple times in a set like you, there's just these, these little rules right when you're making a database for instance you need to know how these tables relate to each other and you have to make a lot of assumptions when you're when you're reverse engineering something without documentation so even actually i'll give you an example um, and, and if the Dapper guys are watching, they probably know what happened because I don't even know what happened here. But at some point, so I, I, I tied the usernames to the flow ID at some point, right? And at some point, maybe a month or two ago, they went from like this uh, 24 character identifier to like a 32 character identifier or something like that. And it broke all my stuff, but it was, a, it was an un, uh, unannounced change because it, no one's supposed to be like using this stuff, right? It's undocumented. So it's basically like, you know, uh, user beware at that point, right? So it broke my stuff. I had to figure out why what broke. And it was basically just because they decided to change a field, right? But there was an assumption on my part that it would always work a certain way, but that wasn't the case, right? So just little things like that, where you design something to work a certain way and then and then it, over time it breaks, right? Because the, the rules of the game change. 
if I'm a product manager at a company and someone else inside my company is changing code, well, there's, you know, there's communication channels, there's change management that tells me, hey, this is going to change. Here's how we act upon it. When you are just pulling from another company, that is your friend, we can say, you know, we have a great relationship. Uh, you don't have that level. And I can say we actually had Usman in here earlier saying some positives about you here. Beerman's been a friend since early beta, very passionate about projects he undertakes. Truly a pleasure to have the community. Thanks for everything you do. From Usman, who's the community manager over at Dabber Labs. Um, obviously, fantastic words. And Usman, if you do have anything, um, you know, any fun story or notes about the change of those IDs from whatever it was, 2432 or so forth, feel free to add in the chat and we'll bring it on up. Yeah, Usman's the MVP. Like, uh... He's he's a he's a gem. I don't know how they landed like this 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 guy to be the community like manager because he's amazing. I don't have an, I can't say enough good things about his month. So um, I, I feel like the the entire community is very lucky to have him. Um, and uh, yeah, he's been he's been a, a huge uh, reason why I continue to build what I build because he's just so positive and and uh, if the community wasn't as good as they are, then I wouldn't do what I'm doing. Um, I do it because I've met a lot of cool friends along the way. Um, you know, I'll give some quick shout outs to MBL and, and Andy and library. Uh, all these guys are amazing. And I'm, I'm, I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing right now if, if Top Shot didn't exist. It's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Is there anything deeper um, in this, the set prices that you wanted me to take a look at? As oh, yeah. So I, just so you can see a breakdown of, of I guess the the historical sales that have happened, so the average sale, right? Um, but then you can see this is what what I find really interesting. If you sort by uh, I guess number of transactions, for instance, if you click the transactions uh, column, you would see which hollows move more than others, right? So mm -hmm. these are this is especially useful in the base set because in the base set you can see which moments move more than others and which ones are more liquid. So what I what I kind of discovered um, midway through series one was that some series one moments base moments didn't move at all. Like they were basically, if you had them, no one wanted them, right? And uh, some were basically like, if you had it, like there would be no problem finding a buyer, like Luca comes to mind. So those types of insights are really interesting for anyone who's looking to, to make an investment, but also uh, ha have that investment be very liquid, right? You want something that moves often. So if you wanted to get rid of it, hypothetically, you know there'd be a buyer on the other end. I've already got wheels churning, Neil. We're going to have to talk about some of the analysis we can pull from this, for example, just to show like, you know, the various sets, like which actually have the most liquidity um, on the marketplace, because obviously we know the extremes like cosmic and so forth. You may see one cosmic every two or three days being sold, um, but something in that middle range, if you're going to make that investment, um, you know, whether or not you're making a long term play or a short term flip, you should know whether or not there's a heavy marketplace. Yeah, we always get questions from people of, hey, I don't, I'm not buying Cosmics or Hollows, right? What can I do at a little bit of a lower budget? And to me, I think that's a perfect strategy is identifying moments that have high liquidity, have a lot of people that are trading it, because that's that's where you want to be able to, to buy something for, I don't know, $20 and then sell it yeah. for $28 later, right? And just kind of grind up that bankroll until you have the ability to maybe make a bigger purchase. Exactly. And just on, on that line of thinking, you can do fun things like, uh, you know, transactions per dollar or something, right? You can figure out the most cost effective moment that is the most liquid moment. Um, because, yeah, sometimes the most liquid moment is the most expensive one, but you don't need to think like that sometimes, right? You can try to think, you can try to find one uh, that's kind of a middle ground. Yeah. Have you considered making any form of a dashboard with more of kind of summary cumulative stats? 
Uh, yeah, I've considered that. Actually, one of the things I wanted to add uh, shortly was um, the idea of just players across the board, like basically ignoring sets completely and just seeing a relative rank of of um, transactions per player per week or per day, right? So you'd be able to see um, over time how players are trending. I like it. I like that. I like it. That There's only one like problem with that is like some players have more uh, moments in one set than another, so you have to weight it according to how many how how many instances how many instances there are of that moment in the uh, in the ecosystem, right? Well, I mean, like to that point, one thing we kind of do as a top of mind when we're just, you know, looking at the marketplace is seeing, okay, for this player, how many of their moments are actually available in the marketplace, so up for sale based off how many are out there. And usually you see around like 10%. And, you know, as it starts getting higher up, you see more for sale. Maybe that's a bit more of a risk that people don't have that kind of long-term um, optimism around the player. And, are, and they are trying to just do that quick flip. Um, and the lower ones, you know, if it's, hey, in the same set, you can expect that people kind of uh, either aren't comfortable with the current price or more likely just you know, think it's better long-term play. All right. And looking at the, the Series 1 base set, I think we could have guessed this. LeBron, Luca, and Steph leading the charge on number of transactions. This is number four is kind of surprising. Yeah. I don't know. I got to admit, TJ, that might be me that's controlling that Lalonzo one and pushing it off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any anything deeper we could take a look at here? Um, uh, I think right now this is good for this for this page, so we can go. Let's go to challenges. Yeah. Let's yeah okay. Back to the homepage here. That yeah. might have been one of the the ones I really wanted to write early on because there was no documentation again on dot and challenges. If you missed a challenge, you had no idea what came before it, uh, and not only that, you didn't know which moments were needed or which moments were required for any of the past challenges. So it was all just a mystery box. Okay, wow. So you can look historically here and you can see the current low market low for that challenge. And this has everything since the inception. Okay. Exactly. So I think the current challenge page has something like this. Uh, and I like to think, you know, I could be way off here, but I like to think maybe they they implemented that page because I had something here, right? But, you know, maybe I'm just as wishful thinking on my part. Um, but uh, actually, you'll, you'll notice one of the columns here is distributed. And what that is, is those are the number of rewards that were actually earned for that challenge. But then they have certain rules for like the minimum number of mints they'll make, right? So a, a rare is 150 minimum. Um, so that John Moran, for instance, that's actually a really interesting one. It's the first ever challenge reward on Top Shot. And so there were 133 completed, but 150 were minted. So th there's a difference of 17 that reside in the uh, NBA Top Shot account. And future distributions uh, yet unclear as how if they'll ever be distributed, they'll likely will be. Um, but how that will work, who know, who really knows? When you think of challenge rewards, how do you think long-term we're going to evaluate those versus other similar moments in that? So for example, the staff in one of the most recent MGLE Series 1 was a reward. Do we think that five years, three years from now, people are still going to value that more than otherwise because it was a reward or if it was just another issued one with the same, I mean, obviously the mint's a little different and stuff, but do you think that's going to hold long-term value because it was a reward? Absolutely. Um, so it's not just because it's a reward, but rewards like by definition of how the sets work, they're always less than the oh. maximum of the other plays in the same set. 
So it's always going to be the scarcest of all mom of all plays in that set. So if if like there's no reason to think that those wouldn't be as a good bet, right? Um, and as I mentioned, like if you if you look back uh, a page, like there are some MGLE rewards that have uh, you know 150 or less 150, right? So what that means is most MGLEs in that set are are minted up to 299. But if there's only 150 is uh, like the minimum, like that's that's the upper limit of possible sets, right? So there's there's going to be 149 MGLEs that are forever uh, not going to be a part of a full set, right? So you can think of it that way as well, which has been my approach. Um, and then some other things that I've 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 been uh, under, uh, I guess there's been some uh, hints that are coming. Uh, the market search, from my understanding, is going to uh, eventually be going on, uh, undergoing some changes, and one of those is going to going to be a, a, an easier way to find um, like badged moments, right? And these badges, as as they've released the blog for the rookie badges, right, which is super cool. But then another badge uh, will likely be if it's been a challenge reward, and uh, so I think when that happens, the ability to find challenge rewards will be much much clearer because right now when you're looking through the market, you really don't know unless you're again you've got a, a discerning eye. For, for noticing a lower than usual mint, you don't know it's a challenge reward, right? You have to, it's not obvious. So I think um, once that bubbles up to become more obvious, then there'll, there'll be some, probably an additional premium because of that. It's just my opinion, but I, that's yeah. what I think. Well, here, let, let's use a real world example that I think a lot of people are probably pretty interested in because it's still top of mind with cool cats. This year, we know there's going to be at least two common lamellos. One of those is the common rookie out of 4,000 that's already out there. Current price is around 700. I think it's almost maybe 800 right now. <laughs> Man, that's um, just so crazy to me. But <laughs> It went on an absolute rocket ship yesterday. It went I, sold, like I sold too early. But okay. 900 and then back to 700. It was yeah, its market cap was above everyone else except for a few LeBrons, which was insane. But let's say, so you have that Lamello out of 4,000, currently around $800. We know that Lamello is also going to be the master challenge for the Cool Cats. My guess is it's going to be between 2,000 2,500 eventually get out there. Let's just use that range. The Lamello rookie out of 4,000, there you go, thanks. Um, so the Lamello rookie out of 4,000 is going to get the trifecta of badges. It's going to get the first, it's going to uh, NBA debut. It's going to get the first moment of that player, and it's going to get the rookie. Now, when we compare to the Lamello for the Cool Cat challenge, it's not the NBA debut, and it's not going to be the uh, first moment. But it, it, will does get, get, it does get the reward badge. Like it that. does get the reward, and it will get the rookie. And so I'm just trying to think through, like, now there's also going to be, I think, about half of what there are of the others. But, like, in four or five years, when we think back, LaMelo, whatever his career is, and we go back to, okay, his rookie, how are we going to value those two? And uh, I'm I'll, I'll let you kind of like how how do you think what the, the ratio of that is the thought process, like between the the base and the cool cats, between those lamellos. I mean that first moment NBA debut versus yeah. like lamello with a lower um, mint but a reward but not the other two badges. Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. Um, I think we're we're still very early here. I think as a community, we're kind of we it's up to us to interpret what that could look like. Uh, I think the short answer is there's going to be value in either one of them. Um, 
you know, will one do better than other, another? Probably, uh, probably the first, if I had to guess. Um, the same thing kind of happened with Series 1. Actually, it's really interesting what happened with Series 1, where a lot of the rookies, they had multiple, play, multiple plays as well. So the first one came out for Zion, and everyone got that. And then when the second one came out for Zion, it was hot, but it wasn't as hot as the first one. Um, but then what happened was after Series 1 kind of came to an end, then the second one ticked up like crazy too. And, and so a lot, of the, a lot of the second plays now in Series 1, I've noticed, second or third plays, um, they're becoming closer to like the first play in terms of the, the, the value or the price. Another one that comes to mind for me because I missed the boat on this is uh, Steph Curry. So I, was, I had tunnel vision for his first moment, which was the assist. And I didn't, for, I don't know why, I, don't, I didn't pick up as many three-pointers as I wanted to. And at the time, they were like three or four bucks. And uh, I always thought I could come back to it at a later time and pick them up cheap. And then, I, you know, one day they just kind of took off. And uh, I never really got as many as I'd like. Um, but that's just an example of people didn't want that one early because it was the second one. And people want, were obsessed with the first one. But then over time, you get new collectors in and they don't know what, like, they just want a Steph Curry from series one. And I think that's probably the more important thing. That's what I've learned, at least, is end of the day, I think most collectors, like true collectors, I just think they want the awesome player from whatever series. And I think the the nice to haves of, of you know, first play, I think those are like, those are probably, um, they'll command a slight premium or maybe, maybe a huge premium, but a uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but yeah, no, it's difficult. And I mean, I gotta admit though, I'm sure that the chat right now is salivating over the idea of three and four dollar series one staffs that they could have just, you know, just you know, to put this into context though, there's a lot of these moments were just sitting there, like there were. It's interesting how when no one wants it, like they just sit there, and then when when uh, you know a couple of people want it, then this this is it's this herd mentality of everyone wanting to join in. And um, one thing that I've, I've kind of learned that I use often is go find a moment or moments that you think are undervalued, that maybe are unappreciated, that you think are cool. And then just go after those because um, it's not always, it's not always useful to copy someone else, right? Like, cause maybe, maybe they're copying someone else too, right? You could be 10, there could be 10 guys who copied the same strategy before you, right? So sometimes it's, it's, it's smarter to just make up your own strategy, find something, you know, use your own criteria from, you know, my price guide or something to figure out what you think is worth um, or, or undervalued and just go out and go about it that way. Yeah, that makes so a lot of sense. Don't go by GameStop right now is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, you've already missed the boat on that. I, I, I bet like my theory on GameStop was, you know, but by the, by the first week after it hit like the first, the front page of Reddit, all the people who made their money, like they probably got out by that point, right? Um, that's where this, you know, the smart money, they made their money and they got out. And then, you know, it's always when you try to catch the tail end of it, you can, you can get burned. I'm not saying that that's the end of that story, but, you know, who knows? This, I thought this was a funny comment from Rob because we've talked about this as well. I'd rather have the cool cat Lamelo because it's not a weak assist. We, we've always found that funny that that Lamelo moment is. I mean, any of us could make that assist. He's <laughs> he, he just like passes it to a guy who then dribbles, makes a move, and shoots. It's it's just it's funny to me that that uh, that's the the moment. And I think it it relates to a, one a question that one of the listeners on Twitter had, 
And I, I'll pull this up here now. Jeez, when I pull these up, they cover your face, Steve. I'm so sorry. Oh, but Juju Sports. <laughs> well, wondering how you gauge the importance of the series, the set, the serial number, whether it's the first moment, how cool looking the moment is, etc. And I feel you touched that a little bit, but as you're shopping in the marketplace, right? What what are the, I don't know, top two things maybe that you are considering? Because to me, this is the, okay, clearly for the Lamello, people are not worried that it's not that cool looking of a moment. But for something like the LeBron Kobe tribute dunk, people do value that. So how, how do you think about that type of thing? That's a good question. So everyone's going to have their own criteria or, or way about going in searching the market. Personally, I like finding uh, fun numbers. To, to me, it makes hunting for things interesting, right? So I'm trying to always find like, you know, um, repetition in numbers or, or just like fun things like, you know, one, two, three, four, things like that. Um, if it's at the floor price, I'll buy it. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a fun number. It's the floor price. You know, sure, I'm in. And um, why I think that kind of strategy is interesting, it's not just about the numbers, but I know that if I think those things are cool, then because of how big the Top Shot community is, it's a numbers game. Other people will probably think those things are cool too. And so it, it's basically like you, you'll find someone probably on the other end of a lot of these things, right? So if you are obsessed with Cody Zeller, for instance, um, like you'll probably find someone else who's also obsessed with Cody Zeller. And, you know, at some point you might compete with them for the same moment, right? So I guess to answer that question is I, I look at a lot of things. Um, if it's the right price, like it always has to be the right price. It's very rare that I'll go over and above and pay like a huge premium for something. And I think that's something that should probably be a little bit more emphasized is I think there are a lot of sellers that, you know, they, they buy a $12 pack and they think they can turn it into $500 every single time. And that's just not going to, that's not sustainable. I don't even think that's going to last that much longer because it doesn't even make us, it doesn't make sense, right? Like I think fundamentally these things have to be accessible to as many people as possible. And, um, so I, I don't know. I think the pricing for a lot of these things is probably too high. And a lot of the market lows, like if the market, going back to my price guide, for instance, a lot of the, the prices for moments, if, if there's, or sorry, if there's few transactions for a moment, that likely means that it's priced too high. And um, you probably just have buyer, uh, sellers unwilling to kind of budge a bit, right? And so I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting back and forth. But sellers right now, it's basically the market's a... Uh, it's a it's it's a one-way communication, right? Sellers have like they're the only ones who can communicate. They communicate by adjusting the price up or down. Buyers have no option to communicate back to say, I like that price. The only way of communication is is to buy it, right? Um, but it would be nice if there if eventually there's some type of like a bidding mechanism or or something where a buyer can can communicate back because right now it's just one way and and so you sellers are constantly every time a moment sells, in some cases you'll notice like a seller will or a bunch of sellers will reprice their moment to go a little bit higher than the last sale, right? Because they think, oh, the floor is moving up. But the reality is that, well, maybe that's the floor or maybe that's the maybe that's the price that most people are comfortable paying. And I think we have heard hints towards there are going, there's going to be more of a stock market feel with bids on both sides. Um, at least that's from a roadmap standpoint once uh, stability and some other, you know, more immediate issues are focused on. And I'll do a quick aside because it's funny you mentioned the the buyers able to communicate to a seller. So I'll be really quick on this because we made a video on it. But 
Justin and I, so a little while ago, there was somebody that happened to scoop a Devin Booker Cosmic for $180. Someone clearly just oh, yeah. messed I saw, up the price. I remember that one. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Okay, so this guy- Like got five the, days ago, like post boom. Yeah. yeah, so he got that Booker and we were like, and then we saw that he listed it right away. So we were like, oh, maybe he's trying to sell this. And we're like, how can we get a hold of him? So we came up with a very creative idea. What I did, I changed my username to DM me on Twitter at TJL. Like I basically said, DM him. And then I gifted him one of my cheap moments so that he would see my username. And then he he DM'd me on Twitter and we, we had a conversation there. We didn't end up buying it off market. We ended up, eventually the price came down to a, a, a spot that we wanted and we got it. But I, I just, that resonated with me of like, we were like, man, we, there's no way that we could communicate with, with these people that are out there. So definitely curious to see if they make any changes to that front at any point in the future. I just want to chime in. That is a brilliant strategy. I haven't even, I didn't even think of that. That's, that's great. Yeah, um, it's pretty, it actually, I like it. I, I got, all right, I'll give credit. Cause he, he, Corbin in our Slack chat, you get your shout out now, Corbin, <laughs> it was his idea. He was like, you took all the credit the first time around. Okay. It was his idea behind the scenes. Good job, Corbin. You got your shout out, but yeah, I thought that was pretty, pretty creative. And I, I thought that was fun, fun little aside there. And it was the person's second moment they've ever had. So this was not an active user. I think their account name was still the same account name that was like their default one where they just throw some words together. So wasn't able like looked on Twitter, looked on Discord to see if there's any way to contact him. And uh, that was kind of a last resort and ended up, uh, I, we, so we ended up getting the booker for around 10,000, which we were, we were pretty happy with for 21, I think. righty. so let's, maybe let's do one or two more. I mean, we, we can, should we show the account valuation? I know that's one of the things that, that people oh, yeah. always like to look at. So if anyone's not familiar with the account valuation functionality, you can go in here. And this is one of the beauties of the blockchain in general and the transparency that comes with it is that you can search your own username or any of the usernames of folks that you see out there and it will it will show the details of, of moments that they have. So could, for anyone that is not familiar with this tool, now, it's definitely I want to throw use. something out here. Steve, we apparently tried to use yours and uh, when we click show details, yeah. the computer just says big air. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know what? I break, I'm breaking things. What I break? <laughs> what? But no, that, that's only your account. It looks like. <laughs> only with your account. Yeah. 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 You type mine and you can use, yeah. I'll use yours. Okay. Oh, just the moment. I, we, yeah. Oh, it's on the moment now? Gotcha. That's, I, I wonder what I broke now. I don't even know. We thought that was funny because we were going to use yeah. yours. And if you don't do show details, then it would show like your high level summary, but we just True. wouldn't show all the details for your name. Yeah, so we could see Steve's value here. Yeah, okay, okay. It's it's you know, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's nice not a it's not a it's not a real number. It's like a you know, it's it's all you know for fun. Here you go. Library wants you to do his. Throw it in there. there we, we know this is a strong one. I, I like library's account. He's a good one. Oh, well, I think he's got him squeaked by a little bit. He does. Right, he's library. got me beat. There we go. Wow. Three three point seven. He's um, got the he's got the one moment I want, like more than anything. He's got the LeBron hollow jersey match. Oh, oh. that's, that's this is these, these and, 
Yep. And so that's one of the things is, you know, it's obviously extremely difficult. And as you said, it's funny money because there's a couple things taken apart. One, it's currently just based off the lowest price. And so, yep. for example, when you pull the mine up, the lowest booker is 50000 That's not what his actual worth is. Yeah. And, um, and look, at, look at that LeBron Hollow, for instance, right? So the market's low, the market low is two fifty. Well, the last sale was like 99000 like a week ago, right? So it's a huge jump. And like the, the sale before that, I think was like 70000 right? So uh, and the, maybe the sale before that was fifty. So you, you know, it jumps twenty thousand. All of a sudden, it's going to jump one hundred and fifty thousand. Like that's you know, it's a stretch, right? So a lot of these numbers at the high at the higher end for these legendaries, it's just they're not real. Um, so it's important to kind of understand that when you're valuing your collection. That that was actually one of the questions I saw a couple of times on Twitter when we threw those out there. Is is there any consideration to trying to factor in the serial numbers yeah, somehow yeah. Or, or use anything yeah. but the, the market yeah. low. Obviously, it's not an easy thing to do, but is it something that you've thought about? Yeah, I've thought about this a lot. And uh, so it's on my to-do list. So how I'm, gonna, how I'm going to approach this, a couple different ways. But what I've kind of decided on doing is I don't want to necessarily put my guess on what your moment is worth, like your, your jersey match, or even like, let's say you had... Uh, you know, you've got a base moment that's like under a th under a hundred, right? Or a base moment under ten. That's not a jersey match, but it's it's a low serial number. What I want to do is basically do like um, different uh, tiers of of let's say if your moment falls within the top ten percent of all serials minted, then I'll basically just break it out. I'll put it at the very top and say, okay, these moments I believe are you know they're kind of special in a way because they're they're um, in the top, you know, 10% or top 5% or whatever. Um, so I'm going to break them out just so that you can value them independently, right? And likewise with like a jersey match. So at least when you value your collection, it'll say something like, you know, here are your like, uh, you know, noteworthy moments. And it'll say you've got, you know, two jersey matches. Here, are the, here, uh, here they are. You've got, um, you know, um, 50 moments in the top 10%. Here they are, whatever. So at least this way, if you're trying to come up with a better number of how your account's worth, you can kind of do it that way as well. That's just kind of one of the thoughts uh, or the approaches that I plan to take. Yep. I like it. Makes sense. All right. I think we are about good to wrap up this, this section. Neil, any, any yeah. final questions that you had that you wanted to, to ask Steve, maybe one more on this topic, if you have any. Um, yeah, I was, I was really curious about the circulation numbers. Um, let me, I'll throw in my account here real quick. Just, uh, I know I own one of the cool cats. I was curious about the, the circulation. Um, let's see. Yeah, so like, for example, this Derek Jones Jr., we know that 5,000 cool cats are out there, but this shows us 5,000 plus. Just curious, like, how is your circulation number calculated? Um, and, and why would it show us the plus? More are coming, are they? No, it's just a bug on my on my end. I okay. uh, I have just have a flag when moments turn into retired, and I just haven't done it for that moment yet. So yeah, it's sure. just not okay. it's it's just a it's a UI problem on my end. Um, but I, I'm not like you don't. I try to get my information as accurate as possible. Um, but with that with that said, like it's you know it's possible things can can be um, be wrong. Um, right. I mentioned I mean, we've once, had some. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. We've had some circulation kind of questions because when we were trying to take a look at the cool cats and as people were opening the packs, we were trying to monitor how many people had actually opened the packs, what was the status. And we actually found that like the numbers that we were getting 
were 10 to 15% higher than when we actually manually went through and counted how many were still in a pack. Um, do you think that's just a delay in opening? Do you think there's uh, some confusion in data from just like a small sample there? Or? Uh, it depends where you're getting the data from. If it's crypto slam, I know. No, it's crypto slam. Yeah. So some of the times with uh, what I've noticed in crypto with crypto slam is the, there's a, a bit of a delay. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's not always like perfect. And again, just like myself, I we we I I'm sure we both strive to be as accurate as possible. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, that's not it's not perfect. Um, so yeah, I I don't know if that answers that. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it just I think it touches on when we are third parties trying to draw from a, you know, a public blockchain, but for third parties, you know, another site, we're going to have troubles. And we've seen, yeah, about a 40 minute delay between data and actual real time events. Um, and I would imagine that anyone who's trying to pull from either flow or, you know, third parties going to have some kind of challenges. Yeah. So if you were to pull from flow yourself, um, it would be instant. Um, and I think this is part of the reason why I've noticed and, uh, I know some other people have noticed as well, and, and it's maybe an issue, maybe not an issue, but it um, like these these uh, market sniping utilities, right? Where they're basically you can tell that they're scanning um, the flow blockchain in real time, trying to find you know jersey matches, number ones, whatever that are like priced way off, and they'll they'll get and they'll go in and, and snipe them immediately. And um, like personally, I. I don't like that, especially if it's automated. Like if the if the sniping was automated, like I don't know, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way, right? Um, but CryptoSlam, for instance, like they publish that data when a, when a moment's listed, you can see on their homepage that oh, this moment was just listed, right? So if you're using it that way to like look at the stream and like oh, that you know I want to buy that number, right? Then then that to me that that that's cool, right? Because you're just using it like any other tool. But if it's all, I guess where my concern is, if if the entire chain is completely automated, then I don't. I think it's it's um, unfair at that point. But I, I've only noticed a few instances of that happening. But I think um, it is kind of happening, and it's it's not like PAX because PAX is can like that's one hundred percent like anyone pack botting like you know they can burn in hell. But uh, the uh, the, mar the market sniping is different because it they do you know there is some benefit there of like okay someone wanted to sell it for this price they 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 are likely happy because they sold the moment did they underprice it yeah they probably did underprice it right so it's I have mixed emotions and mixed feelings on that one um, yeah and I don't know if you heard the Discord office hours yesterday but they touched on exactly what you're talking about with regards to bots and how obviously bots with regards to getting packs are horrible they're doing everything possible to prevent it. The marketplace bots is a bit more nuanced because some of them are actually providing like you know tools that help us you know better gauge the marketplace when it turns into a bit more of that actual robotic standpoint hey acting upon for the user without any human interaction that becomes a bit more iffy and yeah it's it's probably a very challenging question that is not a top priority for them um but we'll continue to look into yeah, it's an interesting question because I think of, um, it, it does add or it does help with the whole uh, idea of instant liquidity, right? So if you wanted to sell your collection, let's say, I don't know how these bots work, but let's say hypothetically a bot scanned and if it if your moment was 25% less than the market low, that would automatically buy it. Well, what if you knew that 
and you wanted to just dump your collection, you could instantly convert your entire collection for, you know, at 75% of what it was worth. And maybe you want to do that. So maybe in that case, that bot provides a, some service to you. I don't know. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think here of, of maybe there is some utility there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I would say in general, bots are, are, are not good for the ecosystem, right? I think, I mean, Justin and I both have, have played some online poker back in our day, and there was was all kinds of bot issues at one point in online poker that were eventually cleaned up. But And it seems like the Top Shot team has at least started to take some of these measures with regards to the pack drop, seeing that extra step of verification, making sure that, that they're limiting these bots. But yeah, I mean, pe people are going to keep trying, right? They're going to keep trying and keep trying. And that's just the nature of, of this world with so many people that are, are so smart with their ability to build these things, which is Yeah, I, I, think I think they're trying to outsmart Top Shot. And you know what? I'd, I The recent actions I've seen Top Shot do, I don't know. Like, there's, it seems like Top Shot is a step ahead. And I think a lot of these botters don't understand that. So uh, even like, like um, after the fact... You know, they can um, prevent you from selling a pack or selling a moment on the marketplace. So basically it makes your your botting like useless. So I think these types of strategies that they're employing are great because I think they are going to, like they're a huge warning to anyone trying to do it that, um, you know, your account might get frozen or something. And why would you want to risk that, right? Why would you want to risk all this time and money and whatever because you were trying to do something you shouldn't have been doing in the first place, right? Right. When you think of account being frozen, I know that's one of the things that comes up. So I've you know, worked at blockchain technology over the past seven years, actually, from an enterprise standpoint, and a lot from the crypto side, the question is, hey, an NFT, I actually own that. And you can use maybe something like, uh, you know, different, you know, different protocols and stuff to actually take it off chain. Here, yes, you're owning it, you're buying it, but your still access point is purely just through Dapper Labs. Um, is that something you think is going to change eventually? Because right now they have the ability to freeze an account if they notice illicit activity like bots and stuff. But theoretically, if we get to a point where the second I buy that, I'm now holding it in an off-chain, like a cold storage wallet, um, what does that change? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, uh, they've they've said that um, non-custodial wallets are coming, and um, like third-party marketplaces are coming. So they, they want that. And I think they're all a good, that's, those are great things. So I think if you do take your wallet um, out like, uh, or away from the top shot ecosystem or from their managed wallets, then, you know, you can do as you please. But I think if you sell on their market in their app, then you have to follow their rules, which I think is totally fair. Um, so, you know, I, I, again, I think they're just looking out for the community. They, I, any action they take, I think they're incredibly careful and it's probably very calculated because I think the last thing they want to do is um, is make a mistake on that front, right? So I, I would, uh, yeah, I, 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 at this point, I absolutely trust the team to get it right. Yeah. And I think if, as long as you're not a bad actor, there should no, not, not be any concern with holding these moments on yep. site. Because to be honest, if you're concerned, oh, well, what if the site actually goes down or something crazy happens? Well, to be honest, even if you took your moments off site and the site goes down, those moments aren't going to be worth anything. So you're already making a bet or an investment in this site having long-term stability and success. And so, hey, as long as you have faith in that site, you have faith in those moments continue to you know, appreciate a value and you're not concerned with uh, you know, being that bad actor and your account getting frozen, it really shouldn't be a concern. Or at least that's how I personally look at it.
looks like we have some breaking news in the chat that the site is is in maintenance. So Whoa. for anyone out there, well, my site people, or their site? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the Top Shot site is down. So for anyone that has friends that are trying to grind the marketplace right now, they're not going to be able to do so. Send them over here instead. Bring them into the group. We've got 96 people watching right now. We've got 431 subscribers. If you're watching and you aren't subscribed to the channel, why don't you go ahead and hit that button? We would very much appreciate that and show Steve some love. Hit that thumbs up button. Give him a follow at Veerman on Twitter. Okay, enough of the plugs. Neil, I believe you had one question about the Top Shot account, which I am curious about as well. Yeah, so one of the very early things we did with, with the data was we had a lot of interest in the population what was actually circulating out there, what's available to be sold. Um, so we were looking for some moments, barely had any that were actually available to be sold. And because of that, their prices were a lot higher. So we were trying to identify those, you know, discrepancies. But in in investigating that, we came up with the fact that the Platinum Isis have already been minted. And I was curious who actually is owning those. So through CryptoSlam, we were able to see the wallet address of those owners. So this is the John Morant Platinum Ice. And you can see two of them. There there will be three, I believe. Um, but I took that wallet address, was curious what else is, is available on that wallet. So yeah, you can see two, two and three, looks like one still to come. But yeah, I went to that same wallet. You can see the owner there, they are the same. Came to this wallet and looks like they have pretty much every Platinum Ice that is out there at the moment, just minted. I'm curious, any idea what's going to happen with these platinum ices um, and maybe what even is this wallet address that's holding these at the moment? Yeah, so I, I, it's it's a top shot account address. Um, and my understanding of how this works, I, I think if you went to um, uh, topshotexplorer.com, that's that's probably a really good place to start because um, so how these how these moments work or how the 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 sequence of of minting um, typically works. Uh, where, um, so let's say there's a new base introduced, right? Um, what they do before that is they mint a platinum ice for every new play that's being introduced to that base. So that that's minted before they actually mint the new base. Um, so they, they've done it for every single moment so far in existence. There's um, there there is an identical platinum ice version of it. I think there's. Up to three, I think. I think the platinum ice is out of three. I could be wrong. I think it's three. I believe you're right. Yeah. And um, my understanding is the that's um, so the platinum ice is the core set, right? That's still part. The core set is the the base, the MGLE, the hall, the hollow, and uh, platinum ice. And uh, series one had Genesis, but that's I don't think it's considered a core set. I think it's considered just like a one-off set for series one. Um, Genesis is one out of one, right? So platinum ice, though, I think how that'll work could be wrong, but uh, um, at some point in the future, I would imagine maybe end of the season there'll be an auction, and uh, th those those moments will be auctioned off. So you can't actually get them in a pack, from my understanding. That could be wrong. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I went to Top Shot Explorer here. It looks like this account does not show anything, which would make sense that it, it is just essentially not accessible moments at the time. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you think those auctions are going to go? Any idea? Like how, how many people you think are going to participate in them? What kind of prices are we going to look at? Or is it just okay. so far? So what's the format to too? Yeah. yeah. And the format. Do you have any idea? We, we, we don't, I think that the, the details are very limited, but I, 
I think I'll just make some assumptions uh, that I, I think are safe assumptions. And that would be that the auctions are going to be part of the marketing effort, right? I think, you know, um, drumming up some hype and saying, you know, the auction is, is or the LeBron sold for a, a million dollars or whatever price they want to get. I think that's what they want the narrative to be after the fact, right? They want these auctions to be a huge success. So in order to do that, I think they're going to put some money behind like marketing and so forth to make sure that these things are going to be front and center um, to get as many eyeballs and as many bids as possible. So I don't think they're going to be, uh, even though I'd like to be able to get one for cheap and whatever, I, I've kind of just come to the, the, the realization is probably unrealistic for me to think that. And I think all of these are going to be fetching top dollar and uh, they're going to try to make as, as much noise as possible. Yep, I agree. And I think you even get a little of the Calcutta action for people who have ever done a Calcutta pool where, hey, if you own one of the most valuable moments and you've already spent 100000 or you believe its value is 250000 well, if that's a whatever it is out of 49 and granted number one or 23 you know, for LeBron, but if you're getting a one out of one, you got to value that probably as much, if not more. So there's some level of I'm going to people who are already invested in the ecosystem are going to bid up to a certain amount and then agree with you. They'll probably pump it even higher because that uh, just such scarcity. That'll definitely be interesting to watch. And then um, one last account here that I wanted to observe. So this one. NBA Top Shot does have an account that you can actually just search it on Crypto Slam. And looking at the ownership on this account, I mean, that's that's like 850,000 yeah. moments that are yeah. currently that's, hosted on the NBA yeah, that's, that's the NBA Top Shot account. When you go to, um, like, when you go to NBA Top Shot and you, and you look up, I guess it's, it's down now for maintenance, but uh, if you go to the account page and instead of your username, you put NBA Top Shot in, you'll, you'll get that account. And these okay. are the ones that are to come? In the future, um, those are the ones that have been minted. Like I think that account has a bit of everything. That it that does. account has the has the extra um, challenge reward moments that were minted. It has extra uh, like the retirements, which are which are the the base set moments that never got released. Um, it has those. It just it has moments. I think they've minted for future pack distribution. So I think they, I think the new way they do this too, because this didn't happen in series one. Series one. Every time they'd mint something, basically the instant they'd mint it, especially for like packs, they or, or let me rephrase, um, for things that are going in the packs, they'd mint it and then immediately put it in the pack. I think what they're doing now with series two, which we we a bunch of us asked for in series one, is mint a whole lot of them at the same time. Like you know, in the case of these fifteen thousand plus uh, CC moments, like mint all fifteen thousand at the same time, right? And then whenever you come up with a new pack distribution, pull some randomly from that pool that you've already pre-minted. And why that's really important, and they didn't do this in series one, is in series one, what ended up happening was um, if you bought packs early, you got all the serial numbers between one and 50, right? And then the next pack release was like 50 to 100. And then the next pack release was like 100 to 150. So what that basically said was if you got in early, you got all the good serial numbers, right? And there was very little incentive. You Basically, if you got it, if you didn't get in early, you couldn't get a jersey match or a number one. It was impossible. They were already gone. But now with series two in this pool of moments that they're pulling from, uh, you, have an, you have a chance at getting any one of those um, until 
every single one has been distributed, right? So it's possible that you might not pull a you, you can pull a jersey or a number one at the very end of the season, which is super cool. You, you know, uh, that was the original idea, and then they didn't anticipate that they would um, sell so quickly. I think Alan even said that. Um, I think when they first minted these series two moments, he anticipated they'd last for like two or three months or whatever. It was something crazy. They didn't think it would last a week and then have to remint more. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure there was no way they could anticipate the quick rise in demand that has happened over the past three weeks, but it's been exciting and definitely looking forward to see where things go from here. All right. Well, I think that was a, a nice deep dive into the intangible dot market. We've got two or three questions here from from some of the users. And then we are going to get to the main event, which is the sweepstakes giveaway drawing. We will be doing the wheel of names. One lucky winner will be winning a pack from Justin. Unfortunately, we can't gift packs at the moment. So instead, Justin will open the pack on stream, and then we will promptly gift those moments to the winner. So we think, we think we're going to be able to open the pack. I know that people oh, are talking about this. Like, but you're right. I, I have it up right now. I ha it looks like I'm able to, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Uh, good, po good point. We'll All see. right. Well, Hopefully. we'll have to do that another time if not. So, I mean, this is, this is a classic question, right? Softball. What is your favorite mm -hmm. moment? on Top Shot. Do you have a favorite moment? As someone that owns over 10,000, that's probably actually not an easy question, but you got to pick one. It's like, it's if, like if you can only have picking, one moment, It's like picking your favorite child, right? Like, which <laughs> yeah. one do you pick? Uh, I, I like so many of them, but uh, I think the uh, LeBron tribute dunk is, it's it's special, it's timeless, it's historic. It's, it, it has all the check boxes that I, I, I love. Yeah. And I so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take an extension of that. What's your favorite moment that's been gifted to you uh, from Intangible? Oh, that is a, an incredible question. I, I've had some very generous gifts come my way. Um, uh, yeah, I think I got a, a, a LaMelo ball very early in series two as a gift. And I think at the time it was like a $20 moment or something. And uh, that was that was pretty awesome. So I was really happy to get that one. All right. And then kind of a follow up to that. So there's obviously been speculation that, right, they've had one run it back series, speculation of are we going to see LeBron rookie moments? Are we going to see, I don't know, Michael Jordan moments, any kind of run it back? So is there a, a particular run it back type of moment that sticks out to you that you would like to see minted at some point in the future by the Top Shot team? Uh, I would love to see some uh, classic Vince Carter dunks, possibly um... – I don't know if they'll ever make this, but like all-star related sets, like slam dunk comp sets. Um, I would love to see that. But that was like, you know, the OG. That, I don't know. There's so many good moments there from, from Vince Carter and his days as a Raptor. So that would be my... my that would be awesome. A throwback slam dunk contest. Yeah. Back when it was like the, the real deal guys did the slam dunk contest. That would be pretty cool. I guess I could look on your own site, but uh, how many of those Vince Carters do you currently own? Uh, I only have the base and um, I don't know, maybe like 40 of them or something. <laughs> Just 40. 
<laughs> I know I said it so casually. You were like, just the base. I'm like, there's no way you only have one. Like, come on. <laughs> What's yeah. funny is like, I bought them all at, like $3, right? And they're three or four bucks. And then like, uh, I remember once it got to like five or six bucks, I'm like, ah, oh, it's too much for me. <laughs> and, then, and then it's just like, what, what was I thinking? Like, no, like the, it was a good deal, obviously. Right. And uh, I wish I bought more, but I didn't. But it's, crazy, it's crazy to think about. Obviously, you were in on this early, so you, so you liked the idea, but it sounds like even you could not have projected that it would turn in. Like, did you think that maybe eventually it would get to this level? No. Well, or... here's what I thought. Best case scenario, I turn like a $1 moment into $10, right? That's what I was thinking. I wanted to 10x my moment. I didn't think I'd take a $1 moment and turn to $1,000, and especially within like a two-month period. That just it didn't, it didn't seem realistic to me. Um, and so... You have to understand too the context at the time, uh, especially November. Like there was, there were less people joining in November than October, so it looked like it didn't look like it was trending the right way. And uh, so there was a lot of risk there. A lot of these moments were just stale and stagnant. And so like, it's easy to say in hindsight, "Oh, why didn't you buy more?" But at the time, man, it just felt like I was putting um, good money or, or yeah, good money after bad. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's challenging because you keep going. You, anyone goes back and says, oh, well, the staff was three, but the vents was three and like, oh, what kept down here. But I think for the most part, people at that time decided this is how much money approximately I was going to invest in this game. And yes, like you may have missed out on this one, but if you were, you know, if you had the money, you probably put it somewhere else and you saw a still a significant level of appreciation. Uh, so it's hard to really probably get too upset about missing out on one individual one because you probably just put that same investment somewhere else. And that other area saw significant appreciation too. Uh, but it is extremely fun, obviously, to individually go through and say, yeah, well, this was only this price. And, oh, that LeBron was only, the Cosmic was only a few hundred. And the legendary packs were just sitting there and nobody wanted any. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, to my point earlier about buying Vince Carter's for 3 or $4, I probably sold a bunch of $5 and $6. I thought, oh, my God, I just, I just basically made 50% of my money back, right? Like, um, so I know I did that. and uh, But that's just part of the game, right? And. I think uh, if you hold a lot of these for a long time, I think a lot of people will do very well. Yeah. So it's, but both of you guys referred to this as a game, which I agree. And that's kind of, you know, the first time I went into the marketplace, that's what it felt like. It felt like just an active game, felt like there was a lot of action going on. People were buying and selling left and right. But we've got a question here from Brian B819 about an actual game that has been. I think even beyond rumored at this point, but the this hard court game that the Top Shot team has talked about, video game where you can somehow use the moments within the game. Do you know anything about about this at all? And if not, just in general, what what are your thoughts on the the kind of video game aspect of this, in addition to the collector aspect? Uh, I know like very little. I think very little has been yeah. released. I think I've seen like a screenshot maybe of like the menu. Um, there's not uh, who knows, yeah. um, but I think they're they're trying to get it right. I think they understand just kind of like how this the marketplace is blown up. Um, if you if you do it uh, if you release a half product or whatever, it, it's probably not a good idea. So I think they're taking their time to make sure it's it's done right. And they've got a lot of smart people on their team, right? They've got people um, with uh, who've worked for you know Blizzard or, or, or Ubisoft or whatever. Um, so these are people who know what they're doing in terms of building a good game. Um, actually, my understanding too is one of the reasons why I put so much money originally into 
top shelf, well, so much money, $3 for a Vince Carter, uh, is I remember them mentioning they had people who were, or at least one person who helped design Magic the Gathering on, or at least as a consultant on their team. It might be permanent. Um, so I'm like, well, if, if, if you can have someone like that who's made a very successful card game um, working for you to make a new game, then you know, I, I in instinctively trust that they'll get this right. So that's just, that's all I know about it. Makes sense. It looks like, according to the chat, that the site is back up and running. So that should bode well for our pack opening. We are going to get to that next. But first, Steve, just any any final thoughts? Where do you think Top Shot is headed next in your mind? What do you think is going to happen the rest of the season, next season, five years, 10 years, whatever, you know, what you think happens next? Where do you see this whole thing going? Uh, I think we're just getting started. I think this thing is, uh, it's, it's going to blow up. Like I know we think it's blown up right now and it has, but we've got, I don't know, 50,000 users. And I think they, this thing could easily get to like a half million in, in a year. Uh, I know they've stopped marketing. They had to, there were too many people. Um, and I think right now it's, they're just growing too fast. And that's, that's a great problem to have. Obviously the, the, the uh, product and platform, it has like this stickiness to it. Um, so I see good things ahead. I would say, um, yeah, just uh, um, I don't know, stay on board and uh, trust the team. They'll, 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 they'll get it right. Yes, sir. Actually, so I just saw this in the chat and I saw a couple of these on Twitter. And I, <laughs> I, I don't know anything yes. about this. Something yeah. about a cameo. I know nothing about this. So what what is this even referring to? Okay. Someone in the chat asked, talk about the next cameo, Steve. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Evan. Uh, so what happened with cameo, I think it was in like October, you know, at the time there wasn't a lot of market movement and whatever. And uh, I thought it'd be really funny to sell some of my moments, like from a from someone giving their own shout out with their own moments. Right. So I found uh, yeah, uh, Enos Cantor on, um, on cameo is $50. So I'm like, Oh, what if I got him to like, actually, um, like say, Hey, like, uh, buy, buy Steve's number, whatever from the market. Right. And he, he did it. And so it's on intangible.com, sorry, intangible.market. You, you'll, you'll see a link to, um, yeah, yeah, that cameo. And he basically, I, I picked just random funny numbers, like a, a with the strip number 497, because I thought it would be funny to get him to say it. Like, cause it was just so dumb, but like, it was funny. So he did it and that was very well received. No one actually, but people bought those moments, but then they re-gifted them back to me. Um, so that was kind of funny. And then this the one I did recently, maybe, well, recent, maybe three, four weeks ago, uh, it was uh, Devontae Graham, right? So I had him basically say, you know, congratulations on finishing series one. And, you know, um, it's not too late to buy things from the marketplace. And uh so yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't know if you can play it. You want to play it? Yeah, I do want to play it. I, I did not. I had not stumbled upon these. Yeah, let's let's give it a go. What's up, everybody? This is Askian from Boston Celtics, and I just want to say, hey, Top Shot fans, Steve wanted me to give a shout out to my Top Shot basketball moments. Who is going to buy Steve's number ten or number fifteen base? Maybe you're interested in a number four hundred and ninety-seven with a. <laughs> With the strip moment, he will give you a good deal. Step up, Celtics fans, and uh, thank you for the support. Oh, that's so good! That's awesome. Yeah. So that was that one, and then Devonte Graham's pretty good too. I was really happy with this one, uh, mostly because he he coined a new way of saying uh, hollow. Where? Hold on. 
if you're looking for that you think we can get gary v to do a cameo for us tj yeah, we might have to after. I'm sure Wade's would enjoy that. Wade's. Well, my I think my, my, my criteria is that it has to be $50. So as long as it's $50. <laughs> That's worth uh, it. It's not <laughs> a cameo, time. Steve. But uh, one thing I completely forgot to mention is, so Steve and I actually were introduced. Okay, let's do this first. And I'll go through that. Okay. Here's our Devontae Graham. What's up, NBA Top Shot fans? Devontae Graham from the Charlotte Hornets. Here to congratulate you on finishing the Series 1. It's not too late to grab my layup or three-pointer moments from the marketplace. Holo, MGLE, and base set are all great options. Uh, my favorite one is Holo, so go get that. There it is. <laughs> Holo too. Holo, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that. I mean, that's cool though. I could, I could see, like you said, as this thing blows up, the NBA players becoming more involved and being more yeah. aware of, hey, I have these moments out there. Why wouldn't they? It's in their yeah. best interest. It's in to everyone's me, best interest. To me, yeah. it was like getting an autograph, right? Like, right. Basically, say the number of the moment you own, and like they're talking to you about your thing. That, that to me is amazing. So like those who are the, uh, I guess, proof of concepts or whatever. Um, but to, to answer Evan's question, I want to get more. Um, I was actually thinking about starting like a little, like, uh, um, you know, how I have like a donate button on my site, basically doing the same thing, but for cameos where 100% of, of whatever was raised would go to like the next cameo. Right. And it would just be like this um, continuous circle of cameos. Um, so I've got some ideas on how to, on, on who I want to do next. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Justin, did you have a, a question that you still wanted to ask? Uh, so I was gonna give, a, we didn't give the story of how Steve and I actually were first introduced. And so this was right. um, Steve went back when, way back in the day in Discord when they would actually act as refs and facilitate trades as like escrow. Um, and so this was like probably a week and a half ago when we were making our Jokic um, cosmic purchase and we knew that there was some scammy activity going on. So I need to make sure that this was the real at Veerman and not someone who was able to co-op and, you know, change the name or something. And uh, so how did you prove that it was you? <laughs> I just said, hi, I said, hi on intangible.market. I said like, Hey, check out intangible now. And the first thing it was, was like, hi, Justin. Right. So it's like, Oh, okay. It's, it's Steve, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> so not communicating through changing your name and gifting, but uh, that's a pretty good, pretty good way to prove yourself. I like it. That was good. That was good. All righty. Thank you very much, Steve. I think that that pretty much concludes. I, I, Justin, Neil, any final questions that you had for Steve or, or words that you wanted to say to him? Nah, Scott G, you're the only real Scott. Uh, you're the real Scott, Scott G. Uh, no, this has been fantastic. Um, I have learned so much and just been a complete enjoy. Um, enjoy. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, good to, good to talk to you and, and just really impressed with how early you were in on this and being able to spin up a tool that is useful and still getting used today is pretty pretty remarkable. So. Looking forward to see what what's next. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome chatting with you. Really appreciate you taking the time here, and appreciate everything you do for the community. I, I love the fact that you're you're in it for the love of the game, truly, and that is awesome because not everyone is like that. And you know, you you easily could have taken a different route, but I think everyone in the community appreciates you for the way that you have handled this. 
we are going to to pin, and we, we will give Steve a chance for final words too. Yeah, I just want to say like it's been a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, I think maybe one day in the future, post COVID, whatever, I would love, um, you know, in my travels, like eventually, you know, be able to see you guys, grab a beer or whatever, right? Like I'm thinking years in the future or whatever. I think this is what Top Shot can do. I think it'll bring together a lot of fans going to uh, to games and so forth. And uh, so I think this is just a really interesting platform and I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm happy to keep making these tools for you guys. And um, yeah, if you have any questions or whatever, just uh, hit me up um, on Discord or, or Twitter. And um, and yeah, I, I, that's it for me. He, he's not kidding. Like if you asked a question on Twitter, he probably already answered it because <laughs> last night Steve was going through and just answering all your questions. And we're like, well, we got to save some for the show. <laughs> love that. Love that. Truly a man of the people, truly a man of this top shot community. So thank you very much, Steve, for spending this time with us tonight. We are now going to go ahead. We're going to close out the show with two things. First, I'm going to give a, a bit of an announcement here, and then I'm going to kick it over to Justin for the giveaway. And so on our show on Monday night, we talked about uh, on the mo an Own the Moment Discord, and we decided that we are going to, to move forward with that. And we are going to make it a private Discord. We do not want it to become just a, a mess of nonsense. We want people in there that are there to you know, be respectful to one another, to get value out of it, to have conversations about Top Shot, not to you know, spam about when the next pack drop is gonna be, right? We want this to be an actual valuable resource. And for that reason, we chose to make it private. And the folks that are in the chat now will get an exclusive link to the Discord sign up. Just popped it into the, the chat right there. It's a bit.ly on the moment Discord sign up. You can go there, just give your, your email address, your name, Twitter handle optional. That will get you onto our wait list. And like I said, right now, this is the, the only place where this link is being released. And we haven't quite decided if we're going to blast it on Twitter. We, we might just kind of keep it exclusive to the people that are actually watching the shows with us. Because again, we want it at least to start to be a, a real tight knit community. I think that's when we're all going to get the most value out of this. And uh, we're kind of Discord rookies, so we're going to be learning with you along the way. This Top Shot thing was, was my first true experience with Discord. We also said on Monday, if anyone has experience in the Discord streets, being a moderator, referee, or even if you don't, but you have an interest, we would love any volunteers of, of folks from our community that would offer their time to graciously help us out. So if that is the case, shoot us a DM and we will be in touch in the next couple of days. Okay, Justin, it Actually, is time. Let's do the wheel first. I think yes. first we'll say who won it, and then we'll, uh, we'll do the sweat after. Yes, I yes, that's, yes. Yeah. That's right. I forgot that I have the wheel, and you do not have the wheel. Okay. I have the wheel. I'm sharing the wheel. Okay. For those of you that don't know how this works, I click a button. The button spins the wheel. The wheel reveals the winner of a series two pack courtesy of Justin. And here we go. That's a lot of names we had on there. It's a lot of names. And oh, there it is. 
Banana Catania. Banana Catana is the winner. Banana Catana. If you are in the chat, congratulations. If you are hearing this after the fact, congratulations. We will be in touch with your moments. And those moments will. will be determined by Justin's pack opening right now with sound. We figured out the sound last time, people. We are tech savvy here at Own the Moment. We know how to click the share audio button. It turns out that's what shares the audio. It's amazing. The things. How's that for transparency? Okay, go ahead. All right. Base set, series two, release 10. Here we go. All right. No matter what these are, all three of those are going to Banana Catania. Oh, he's here. Oh, he's there here. There we go. All righty. I love, love it. I love that. It. Love that. Can you guys hear the music? All right. Starting off, click the reveal. First one, 69. Oh, look at that, Lamarcus Aldridge. Aldridge. Right after giving a little talk about him being one of my value picks as an older guy, a little better than a 50% chance of making the Hall of Fame. Common might be a, a few dollars there. I think it's kind of in the market right now for around three, four dollars. But uh, I like the long-term prospects there. Fewer moments for a guy at that age. And starts off with 69, so you might be able to make another couple dollars there just from that uh, extra. Number two. Oh, that's a low one. Oh, that's my man. God. Michael Catania, you are a lucky gentleman. Number 261, Lonzo Ball. Let's see what happens with the trade deadline. It took them a long time to find a shot where it looks normal for Lonzo. <laughs> so, <laughs> it took them a whole year, actually, to find that one. So. Well, I mean, hey, if you just use his brother, he can just toss the ball to someone else and let the other person get the highlight. All right, number 261, that's a great man. Here we go, number three. Hi, one. The day is my birthday, December 31st, in Marcus Cousins with the three. For a Series 2 base, getting a 261, getting three stud players, not too bad. Well, two stud players have locked out, but you know. Pretty good pull, I would say. Not too bad. Well, there you go, Michael. We, um, Michael, send me a DM afterwards and we can communicate just to make sure we have the account name and everything and uh, I can get those to you either tonight or early tomorrow morning. Congrats, Michael. And I, I love that you were on the live show too. It makes, it makes it much better for sure. Thank you for tuning in. All righty. We have done it all. We have said it all. Steve has dropped a ton of knowledge. Really loved how deep we got here into some of your thoughts, into your phenomenal website that you have brought to all of the people. I will, I will kick it to Steve one last time. Any final words for the folks before we close the show? Uh, nope. <laughs> That is the sure, perfect sure. answer, yep. and I think that that describes you perfectly. I cannot wait for 
the four of us to sit down, have a beer someday when all of this nonsense is over, along with the rest of the OTM future Discord members. Again, visit that link. If you have any questions about it, you can hit us up on Twitter at OwnTheMomentNFT. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Leave us a review. Arnie is in the house. We've got some comments that said we need more Arnie. There is Arnie. Take a look at him. He's grown up every single day as we see right in front of our eyes. So with all of this said, for my co-host, Justin, for my brother from the same mother, Neil, and for our very special guest, Steve, a.k.a. Veerman, I am TJ Lasig. This was the Own the Moment podcast, and we will catch you guys next time.